people truly make purchasing decisions, or in this case, are looking to where they want to work based on two things. One is what you're about, what you're doing, something that lights me up or what's something in my world that you're selling is something that I want. And number two, are you the person that I want to do it with? You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Coke, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hey, welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. I'm your host, Jackie Coke. So excited to have you back on the show. And today we are talking to Marisa Corcoran on the show and really translating some of the work that she does in her different programs and, and copywriting societies and translating it, that into what it looks like for your employer branding, your job postings, and all of that. We had a really, really fun conversation. So a little bit about Marisa. She is really someone who helps you discover what to say and how to say it to magnetically attract your dream clients. In addition to writing the words and getting landing pages converting at 60% or higher and crafting personality-filled emails, she helps coaches and creatives craft their uncopyable message inside her signature program, the Copy Confidence Society. She's also the creator of the wildly popular summit, the Copycat, which has raised over $100,000 for organizations like Soulfire Farm, the Headstrong Project, and Sage USA. When not click-clacking on her laptop on her all-American road trip this year, which sounds incredible, by the way, you can find this Harvard grad analyzing the Real Housewives episode like it's government policy and consuming inappropriate amounts of Nutrajagis. I have no idea if that's the right name of candy bars. I got to Google what that candy bar is. So we, like I said, we dive into how you can really use the copywriting skills and tactics you use to land clients and sell your programs and really crafting stories that sell your place in your business as a great place to work. It was so fun getting to know her. I swear we became very quick friends. So excited for you to listen on in. Marisa, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to chat with you today. We have a really fun topic with a slightly different um, twist and I can't wait for our listeners to hear it. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here, Jackie. You know, one of my best friend's name is Jackie. And it's just not a name you see often or enough. You know what? I would agree with you. Um, although yeah, such a good name, it is. It is a good name um, for sure. Although some one ironically, one of my like business besties' name is Jackie, and she also does recruiting in HR, which I find to be so hilarious. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, the Jackie I know, one of my best friends, she's a, a PA. She's a physician's assistant, so she's Doctor Jackie. Doctor Jackie, that's a really great name. She's Jacqueline too. J A C Q U. E-L-I-N. Yep. That's me. That's me. Um, well, good. Well, we're, we're kindred spirits already. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so excited to dive into this with you today. And one of the places I love to start is I love a good founder entrepreneur story. And I love knowing how people got into this journey of entrepreneurship to begin with. So can you start with sharing a little bit about your background and how you got here with listeners? Yeah, totally. So I kind of probably have a, an, a a different kind of way in than maybe some people. Um, 
I never had a nine to five job. I never, never? worked in like a, oh, no, never, so never. I never, I, I know people say that, but I'm like, sometimes I craved just the routine of like, where I could get up, bring my lunch, go to a place, like be in, be out because so much of my life was unpredictable in terms of work. You know, I was an, I was an actor. I got my MFA in acting from the American Repertory Theater at Harvard. Um, and at one time in my life, I had seriously six jobs at once. I nannied for a family. I worked at a cocktail, a rooftop in New York City, a cocktail rooftop. I was a sales rep for a chiropractic office. So I would waltz like these science class, like skeletons in a suitcase, like into high-end businesses to like get people to come in for chiropractic care. Um, And I was writing at the time too. And I was also auditioning to be an actor. So that was like my life for a very long time. Um, And I always joke that I always say that Winnie the Pooh broke me. I had this audition for like a, like a live action Winnie the Pooh. I really wanted to get into this theater. Theater was the thing I wanted to do. And I had heard, or not, I'm actually, I had heard like, you know, word on the street, but it's the thing that like, you know, getting in for a specific theater, like sometimes through their children's shows can be a great way to get more work and more access. And so I prepared really hard for the character of Rabbit and Winnie the Pooh. And I decided that Rabbit would wear overalls, that Rabbit would be a little bit of a cross between like Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny and this uh, comic named Sebastian Metascalco. Like I had this whole idea for Rabbit. And then I'll never forget that Monday they called me and they told me there had been a mix up about my equity status and that they, my actor's equity status, that they didn't need me to come in for the audition. And I just remember, I don't know what it was in that moment. I just, I started taking off my overalls like one by one until I was just like naked in our house, like staring at my husband. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I just felt like my fate was always in someone else's hands and I wasn't doing much creation. And by that point, luckily I was, I had dwindled my six jobs down to just writing on the side. Um, I had been writing sales copy for small businesses, for online coaches that um, I had been a kind of applying this actor's guide to copy and my clients were getting really great results. They were getting like 85% conversion on landing pages. They were access to, you know, $100,000 launches, responses to their emails. So I kind of dwindled my six jobs down to if I wasn't auditioning, I was writing. So when I left acting behind, I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on my clients. Like it was bringing in some money. And then a few months after that, I remember being like, well, gosh, if this is my plan B, there could be no plan C. And so what was I going to do? I was still kind of craving that spotlight. And that's when I decided to create my own stage, which a lot of actors do. I created my own signature summit called the copy chat, which kind of brought my angle, my actor's guide to copy. Um, I interviewed like a series of other copywriters and business coaches, and that premiered in uh, February of 2019. And it absolutely changed my life. I went from having about like 90 people on my email list, mostly my mom and my other best friend, Katie. Who and all your other emails. To, like I yeah. have like, like five people on my list or my different email addresses. <laughs> totally, totally. To, you know, um, by the middle of that year, I, I had about 5,000 people on my email list. I took my business. I had made like $50,000 maybe in 2018. If I'm being nice to myself and saying, I don't even think it was that. And in 2019, I made 250,000 and 500,000 and so on. And we've now made over 2 million in the business and I've never spent a dime on paid advertising. It's all been through kind of what acting taught me about connection and storytelling and collaboration. And 
We've now helped over 400 business owners inside of our signature program called the Copy Confidence Society, where we help you craft your uncopyable message, the copy that supports it for your your small business or your organization, and really just telling your your stories and connecting in that way. So it's really wild to think that's like five years ago now. That's amazing. I love that. Um, And I can see, you know, I lived in Los Angeles for for quite some time. And I had a lot of friends who were kind of in similar, similar boats as you of trying to make it. And, um, even my business partner who's in my business, she, she also, she did improv and, and found herself having to get a job and and building a career in recruiting in HR. And, um, I think a lot of the stuff that she learned about acting and improv has helped her so much in what we do in recruiting and hiring. And, um, yeah, I know that's that. I, I know a lot of folks who are kind of in that same boat of a lot of different things. And how cool that you could find a way to still bring some of what you love into a career. And um, that's awesome. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no, totally. I realize that everything that makes you a compelling actor on stage is the same thing that kind of makes you a star in your business. The, the, the so wild, but the, the principles, all the things are they're very similar. Like if you're on in a scene and you want to get something from your scene partner. It's very similar if you're like writing an email or a sales page. It's so similar in ways I didn't know until I started doing it. And I remember uh, if you're a fan of Jurassic Park, when Lex like turns back on the park and she's like, I know this system. There was like this moment where, because I didn't have like a copy background, but I remember one day sitting me like, oh, I get, I get, okay, I get this. I get what we're doing here. You know? That's awesome. That's amazing. So one of the things that I find in my, so I have to do storytelling in my business in a variety of different ways. There's the, the, the way of marketing and emails and actually just selling my businesses, HR and recruiting services to clients and my programs and stuff like that, which I'm learning and growing on my own. Um, and then the other side is how I help. So part of my business is recruiting and hiring for, so people will pay me a fee to help fill a job that they have on their team. And so much of that is half of that work is selling them to potential people who want to work for them and me being really good at doing that. And it's something that I think I talk a lot about because so many people get advice of like, just post your job, make the application process really hard and the cream of the crop is going to make it through it. And that's how you're going to find your best, best new hire. People should be lucky that you're hiring, especially now it kind of is this pendulum where, you know, two years ago you couldn't get anyone who wanted to work. Now everyone's looking for a job because there's so many layoffs and it's sometimes can be really challenging for me to explain and, and get them bought into the fact that they have to sell themselves as much as candidates have to sell themselves to you to make the hire. Yes. A hundred percent. So what I really, so I feel I have to do this. I had to learn this on my own, right? Like I didn't have anyone teaching me how to do this. And so I'm like, okay, if I was a candidate, what would I want to know? And I literally had to learn it myself and I'm, I'm pretty good at it, but I always want to get better at it. And I always want to teach my clients how to do it too, because hiring and building a team takes a village. We all have to be doing this. And I often tell them like, you have to incorporate employer branding into your marketing strategy, even before you're ready to hire. 
And so one of the things I wanted to dig in with you, and I know that you have your framework for how to tell a story that is compelling and gets people to do whatever action it is that you want. I want to dive into it um, and 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 see how we can turn it into um, using it for selling a person on a job opportunity or a company. So can we first can you first kind of walk us through what your framework, the framework you've developed for creating stories and, and storytelling is? Maybe let's start there. Well, first off, I think it's important to note that like storytelling is our oldest form of communication. It dates back to the Chauvet Caves over 30,000 years ago. So like take it up with the first people, okay? Like storytelling is our oldest form of communication and it works. And there are multiple studies that show that parts of the brain will light up when we are being, when we're absorbing a story, as opposed to that same concept that we're trying to get people to do or think or, or, or change, uh, you know, beliefs, whatever, if it was just told in straight facts and figures. So this is like science also. And if we think about our greatest uh, like leaders or, or people are often incredible storytellers as well. People that are trying to move action or make change. We remember like the stories that they tell. Um, this is a lot of times too, if you watch like award shows, the speeches that usually people remember or that you hear talked about the next day are one where they tell a story, not just like the list of thank yous. One that I always bring up is a few years ago when Glenn Close won the Golden Globe and she told that story about her mother like so wanting to have this life outside of being at home and like the opportunities that she didn't have. And like, she told that story. And I remember at the end, I was like, if Glenn Close was like opening up some sort of like a women's empowerment collective, like people would have been throwing their credit cards at the screen because she told this story, right? So storytelling works and can be really powerful in nearly every industry and niche and, and, and all over the place. And it's, it's a tool and it's one that can be done. And I know we'll talk about this. Like you don't have to tell like these huge, like, yes, there's your founder story. And that's also important and origins to all of that. But there's like these like little slice of life moments or slice of work moments that we'll talk about. That really is what people pay attention to. And they can be these like small micro moments that you share. So I just think it's important to share like story. If you're listening and you're like, oh, I'm not sure this works. It's like, it does work. When did you first learn about how to, about storytelling? Like I, okay. So, and the reason I'm asking this is like, okay, I have a bachelor's degree. I have an MBA. Don't you think somewhere along the way I should have been taught how to tell a story? <laughs> right. I this wasn't. Is why I, Never. This is why I always joke that like people will say, oh, what can you do with like a degree in theater or English? And it's like, well, it turns out rolling around on the ground and feeling my feelings for like three years in grad school. <laughs> has made me a lot of money. And I think for me, yes, it's my background in acting for sure, but I also feel I was raised this way. Like I come from a family of really pretty great storytellers. Like my grandfather could like command a room with a story. Um, I didn't know my father. My father died before I was two years old, but I'm told that he was also that way. Uh, my uncle Mark like can tell a joke, like and I really think I learned from listening to my grandfather and my uncle Mark, like set a joke up. And I was raised on a lot of stand-up comedy. My family was a big stand-up comedy. So I watched like that in action. I never asked really answered this question before, Jackie. So thank you for asking me. But um, I think that, and then also I was a natural 
Like I like to connect with people, but really where I realized it was connected to selling was the very first time that I sold the Copy Confidence Society off of the first season of the Copy Chat. I used to take calls. I used to take calls for it. It's a little bit different now. We have a bigger community. But at that time, I took calls for it. And I remember looking at the emails that people that were going to you know, uh, get on a call with me. And I didn't recognize any of the names. They weren't people who were even necessarily interacting with my posts or they weren't people who were hitting, oh, I've listened to the copy chat. Was, I was like, who are these people? And when I got on with them, I said, you know, why do you think that I could help you do this work? And they were like, oh my gosh, I read all of your emails. And I feel like I know you. I feel like I know your, your dog, Jake, your grandfather. I told a lot of stories about my grandfather. Your past life as an actor, your struggle with acne, and you being Italian. And I just feel like I want to create that kind of trust with my audience. And that's when I realized that people truly make purchasing decisions, or in this case, are looking to where they want to like work based on two things. One is what you're about, like what you're doing, something that lights me up or what's something in my world that you're selling is something that I want. And number two, are you the person that I want to do it with? And that's where the stories come into play. And that's where I realized I used to joke with my grandfather. Um, my grandfather passed away two years ago, two summers ago. He was almost 99. So he lived a really beautiful life. I was like, grandpa, you should really be a tax write-off in my business because like, I would tell a story about my grandfather and people would be like, I'm, what's going on? I'm in. And so I think, uh, again, that's where I kind of knew, even though I think this has always been a part of, a part of me, which I didn't know until you asked me, Jackie. Well, so thanks for asking you're me. You're welcome. And I'm semi-jealous. Um, <laughs> but now I get to learn from you and make it a part of me. So um it is yeah cuz it it and i guess also no i was going to say storytelling is a new thing you obviously said it wasn't but like in the in my business courses i was sort of taught sales stuff like it's just wild that this stuff isn't taught crazy to me um and i am having to learn it now on my own <laughs> it's <laughs> so true business. it's so true it's like these kind it, to be honest with you even in grad school for acting it's like we were taught so much about like the history of theater and like all this but nobody really taught us like how to be in the business of acting like how to like after you get out of a and this is actually how i found my way into copywriting was like you would go on these showcases for agents in like New York and LA. And afterwards you should send them a thank you card. And that thank you card is like clutch if somebody's like gonna follow up or wanna bring you back in. And nobody taught us how to do that. And I was basically helping my classmates do it because I just kind of had this knack for it. And I realized like that, like they should be teaching like, okay, the, the connections, an agent calls you in, how do you make sure that the agent follows up with you? Like, what's the email gonna say? How are you gonna stand out? It's like, they don't tell you any of that, but like, I know about iambic, you know, how to like cite iambic pentameter in a Shakespeare monologue, <laughs> which is like, yes, I need that, but I got to get myself to get hired first for the Shakespeare exactly. monologue. Totally. So I hear you on that, where it was like my, my classmates and I were like, we're really great actors, but we don't know how to be like the CEO of like our business as actors. Yeah. And that's essentially what you are, um, in that profession oh, beyond for sure. more than you are an actor for sure. I, I bet. Wow. Okay. Well, I feel like I could ask so many more questions about all of this, but I really want to get into this framework because selfishly I want, I'm doing a lot of recruiting right now and I want to start to incorporate them into my pitches. So, okay. Can you describe the framework? I feel like I, we went down a rabbit hole and I'm like, wait, we got to go back to that. So we went down to like why storytelling is good. Exactly. Which is great. Totally. So the, the, the big part about the framework is that I can tell you, okay, just go tell more stories, but you're like, okay, how do I actually 
do that. So what we want to do, I call it the story strip down, is we're going to reverse engineer storytelling. So for everyone that's listening, you want to ask yourself, and this is something Jackie and I talked about before to kind of like for this audience specifically, is really thinking about like the core values of your, of your, of your company. Um, in, in my world, we call that like your motifs, like the main things that really matter that like directly link to the type of people that you'd want to call in. And so what you want to do, and we kind of used this example before is let's say that you want to talk about that you create a, a collaborative work environment where people are, you know, really valued and you can speak up and, and, and you be seen and heard and it, you really value collaboration. So that might be a value. And then it's like, okay, well, what's stopping somebody from just kind of believing you saying that? Like, hey, we're we're collaborative, you know? And it's like, they might want to see, okay, well, in what way, like how intentional is it? Is it just for some people? And then you're going to want to think about like what those objections might be to that. Like, oh, is it just for some people? Maybe not at my level. It won't be, I'll have to work my way up to, and again, I'm making this up, but work my way up to collaboration. So then you can come up with a couple of stories that specifically have happened inside of the work environment that you could cite a few of those examples. And you can share that on something like a LinkedIn post as we were talking about. Uh, and we can talk about how to structure that story. But the first thing is like step one is like defining what those values are. Step two is like what's stopping, take one of the values, what's stopping somebody from just kind of believing that value? Like what do they need to see kind of laid out? What do they need to believe who, what, who do they need to be, to be a right candidate? So like that's three stories. That could be three different stories right there. And then we're going to like pick a moment that actually like has occurred that you can share. And then you can link it back. I always call it like the non-sexy transition, which is like, why am I telling you this? You know, because right now inside of the company, we are looking for somebody just making this up like a social media manager who, you know, collaboration is at the the forefront. And if you want to learn more, here's where to go next to the call to action, which is way more compelling and, and allows somebody, because we never, we, we can never have control, like in my world, if people are going to buy from you. And in this case, you know, if they'll just go on and click the application, but what we can have control over is that if somebody will remember you, they'll rave about you and they'll refer you. So even they might see the story and be like, oh my gosh, I know somebody that's because you've told a specific story ignites that, oh my gosh, I know somebody who would love that, who would love this. As opposed to just seeing like the, the skills laid out that our brains are just used to seeing. And like, I joke, I always say like in this economy, but it's just like the way people are scrolling, like you have to be able to stop that scroll. And so if you can get the values linked to those stories, and then we can talk about how you can structure that story. Cause I think that trips people up where they're like, well, how do I like actually tell the story? And we can talk about that. But first it's like, that's the reverse engineer of how we're going to get there. Right. Yep. I love that. And there's ways, I would imagine there's also ways to work some stories, at least one into an actual like job posting as like an advertisement, right? Because that's, you do it in emails. So I have to imagine there's ways to work it into like a, a an advertisement or a job posting, at least one um, as well. hundred percent. Do you know how like that would stop the scroll of somebody looking if it started off with like even a micro moment, like Okay. So in my world, we talk about how like an email is a scene from a play and a sales page is like the play. 
So in this sense, the LinkedIn post could be like a small scene, right? That's like picking one of the values. And I didn't even think about this, but this is what it could be. Is like, okay, so the LinkedIn post is like picking one of the values. That's like a little scene, like a little vignette of what it's like to be in this company. But the job post now, we could make that more like the play where we could take maybe all four core of those values and put that into like a micro story at the top. And that's going to that make people amazing. Like, yes. So let's do that. Like people go do it. <laughs> totally go do it. Well, and I can tell you, like I try really hard to write really captivating for lack of a better word, like job postings, because that gets people to hit apply. It's like most of the jobs you're, you're, you're hiring for in your business are not glamorous jobs. Let's be honest. Like it's an administrative assistant or it's, and I'm not trying to downplay people if you're in one of these roles, but it's not like, I don't know, you're not a heart surgeon, you're not hiring brain surgeons or heart surgeons or I don't know, whatever a really cool job would be. So it's like, how do we make the job? It's less about the job and more about what they get to be a part of at your business and help make happen. And so when I highlight those, the candidates that apply are so much better quality candidates because the top A players, the best employees, they want to work for a really great company that also is a great place to work. They don't want to go work at that boring corporate job all the time. They want to know that they're going to make a difference. And so when you when you write captivating job postings, they're more likely to apply. And we talk about this on the show all the time, so I don't need to go into that too much, but this is a way to do that. And so fun fact, I have to tell you something. I didn't even tell you this. I knew how much carp- copywriting impacted job postings. And so I like outsourced some of the client, the cop, the job postings that I would write for clients. I like hired copywriters. I'm like, Hey, here's a little bit about the company that I'm hiring for. Here's their values. Here's the job posting. Can you make this a lot more interesting, please? And those job postings performed so much better, but it was a little, you know, if I could do it myself, that would be great. Um, but it did work by, by hiring copywriters to zhush them up for sure. Yeah, but I, I I love that, Jackie, because also like what you said is, is like it's in, in in my world, I always talk about like people will come to a call and they'll just start talking about like all the features of their program. And I'm like, oh, that you're going to get access to this and you're going to, we'll meet on Zoom and you get six calls or whatever it is. And it's like, yes, but that doesn't matter as much as like what they're, what the experience, like what they're going to get out of it. Like what the benefits are, what's on the other side, what the, what the difference they're going to be a part of. And I love that you highlighted that because it's the same. It's like, I think people just want to quote, like, here's all the qualifications you need to have or skills or, and actually we want to like create the moment, like create the room, set the stage. And then we can list the things that need to be listed or bullet pointed. Totally. Okay. I have a really random question. That's a little bit on the flip side of this. So I'm going to do a big eye roll for listeners. You can't see me, but (laughs) I hate the job postings that are like, we're looking for self-motivated hustler, or like they have all these buzzwords and it's like any, nobody is going to say, nobody's going to read that you're looking for somebody who's self-motivated and be like, oh, I can't apply. I'm not self-motivated. Like they're always like, it just makes me laugh. So, so my question is, is there a way to tell stories so that people opt out of not applying? Like, is there a way to like, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm asking the question in the right way, but yeah, I think I might know. Well, what you're talking about self-motivated and all those words, I call that adjective stuffing. 
when people just like to say a bunch of like in my world, people are like, you're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling stuck. You're feeling this. And it's like, cause I work with a lot of online coaches, you know, financial coaches, health coaches, whatever it might be. And it's like, well, I could say, you could say a financial coach can say that you're feeling overwhelmed or stuck. And so couldn't the health coach. So what does overwhelm or stuck look like in your world? And so we got to take the adjective stuffing down to like, again, to use an actor reference, like how do we create a scene that like somebody could film? So like stuck in a financial world is like, you know, sitting again, one, you know, wondering how you're in the red, you know, uh, month after month that's stuck in financial world. Health might be, you know, you are, you know, I'm just making this up. Like you're eating all the broccoli you're doing and, and still the scale is staying the same. Now that's stuck. Now we're getting specific. So we want to take the adjective stuffing into something that could actually like be filmed, like a, like something where somebody could really envision it. So I feel like the same could be here where we tell, we take the self-motivated and we actually show like an example of like self-motivated. Yes. We could totally do that. Yeah. Like I I've seen some of the best job postings that I've seen that I'm like, Oh, I could actually, I don't want to go work for anyone again, but you know, you read, I read them all the time and it's like, they'll describe it as like, you are, I don't, I'm making something up. Like you're the person that people go to when blah, 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 blah. They kind of like to write it in that way. Those are the ones that are the most compelling to me. Yeah. They're creating that vignette. You're the person that's going to put, I'm making this up too, because I don't know like the world, but you know, like, like the idea, like you're the person that's gonna, you know, put the extra thing of paper into the copy machine. Yeah. Without being asked, self-motivated. You're the one picking up the toilet paper in the bathroom when you, I don't know. Right, right, right. Or you're the person in a meeting that says, Hey, Jackie, what do you think? That shows you're collaborative, right? Like we want to show these examples. We want to get out of adjective stuffing and we want to get specific. And that's really important in our storytelling. And when we're crafting the mic, like the moment of the story that you're telling, the way that you can do that is actually taken from an acting teacher called Uta Hagen. And she teaches a concept called sense memory. And like every actor reads this, you know, when you move to New York, like everybody, you can always tell like a new actor, they're, they're reading the Uda Hagen book on the train. Really? Oh and the idea is that, you know, you, you need to recreate moments on stage. So one of the exercises she has you do is like, you're, you're waiting for the subway, you step to the edge of the platform. What do you do? You look to your left, maybe you pace, whatever, so that you can recreate that on stage and how you recreate the moment on stage is through your senses. So what did I see? What did I hear? How did I feel? What did I smell? What did I taste? Whatever it is. And so in this story that you're telling, like whether it's in the LinkedIn post or in the job post, it doesn't need to be like some long story. If you hit two of those senses, you're golden. So when I'm telling stories in my emails, you know, I'm trying to hit two of the senses. You know, this happened to us the other night. It was like the, the rain was falling on the roof in, in like little splatters and it turned into where I felt like I was being engulfed. I woke up, shook Eric and was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? That's like, what did I see and what did I hear, right? And that's kind of what we can do within the story to actually like carve the moment out. I love it. Okay, I'm getting a lot of ideas. I'm gonna try this out on on my next job hosting for sure. Cool, yeah, you have to let me know how it goes. Yeah, I totally will. So where, we're kind of, we're coming up on time and I know we've talked a little bit about the framework or a lot about the framework, I should say, um, where I'm sure listeners are like, 
okay, I need to learn more about this. I need to learn these tactical things, whether it's for my job postings or my business, my emails or, or anything like where can listeners learn more about you get, you know, learn from some of the programs you have and, and get more of the goods. Yeah. I think a great place is like my two kind of favorite, like social media places is um, on Instagram. I'm at M Tony T O N I. And I would love if you like heard something that was like really helpful for you or something that you're going to try out. If you DM me there, um, I will respond back to you a hundred percent. And we also have a really incredibly um, connected uh, free Facebook group called the copy chat. We have like close to 8,000 entrepreneurs in there. And that's a great place to ask your copy questions. I go live in there and kind of like what we're talking about today, I give little like behind the scenes or like tips. Um, and in there, you know, whenever we're launching the copy confidence society, you can learn more about that. Um, but those are like my two favorite places to have people go to. Awesome. And we'll link everything in the show notes. So if you're driving, don't worry, it'll be there later when you go back. And I'm so grateful. I feel like I've learned so many new tips and tricks that can help so many aspects of my business. And I want to become, I'm committed to becoming a better storyteller myself just because it will help in so many different aspects of my life. So this is a great place to start. And thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing some of the your knowledge and, and support and, and everything with the team. Also, question, do you have any team members? Have you had a hire before? Oh, yes. Yes. I love that you're saying this. Yes. So I, I we just we just hired my long-term um, business manager who's been with me for five years. She went and took, a, you know, she kind of left like the online industry, like went into another industry. Um, and so, yeah, just last month we had to hire. Um, her name is Nadia and she's amazing. So we also had to go through this process. And then last year, um, hiring Jelaine, our social media manager. So yeah, totally going through this process and trying to find the right people. I bet you just naturally wrote the best job posting ever. (laughs) Yeah. I should ask. I feel like both of them were so fantastic. And I feel like, yeah, there definitely must've been elements that came across where they came in where I was like, Oh yeah, it's definitely these two people, you know? Um, and I always do joke because they were the two people that spelled my name correctly. A lot of people spelled my name with two S's. And so to see the one S, I was like, okay, let me check out what you're, what you're about. I was shocked by how many, because Jelaine was our first hire. Um, I mean, I, Hosanna and Emily have been with me for a long time, but I didn't necessarily hire them. I knew them back when I was a done for you copywriter. And I just knew that they were going to be my people to like help me grow this. But Jelaine was like our first. And I remember all these people were writing back. And all of them were spelling my name with two S's. And then Jelaine like appeared in the inbox and it was one S. And I was like, who is this? You know, so it was also like that detail, but I, but definitely if I think about both of their personalities and how great both of them are, I know that there were elements of that that came through. I'm sure there were. For sure. I'm sure there were. Yeah. Because people will, they'll also, the other thing about that is if you write a very good job posting, people are going to really want the job. So they're really going to take time in applying and do it well um, versus just like the applying out everything type of a thing. So I'm sure that definitely had had an impact for sure. Cool. Well, I really hope that we can continue to to connect and, and, and chat. And I would love to support you in any way that I can help in your business too. And um, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Jackie. This was really fun. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks listeners. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. 
Your business needs strategic people leadership much earlier than you think. And lucky for you, over at People Principles, we've got you covered. We have launched some fractional head of people services where you can get a fractional head of people for a monthly retainer to help support you in managing the people side of your business. Perhaps you need more intense stuff where maybe you need some processes built out from scratch. You need to implement a performance review process, a handbook, a employee feedback survey. There's so many different things that you need. Well, I guess not so many, eight core things you need in your business and we can build it out for you. So go check out our fractional head of HR and people operations services at peopleprinciples.co.